It's the academic advisor who's on the ground floor and sees the student's whole academic career pass. They're there when the students start and when they graduate. They see the struggles. They see the triumphs. Dan Overbay is an academic advisor at WSU Vancouver. We talked to him about the differences between being a student in Vancouver versus WSU in Pullman. We talked about first-gen students and should teachers make more money? All that and more. Education Eclipse starts now. Education, news, and research. These are the conversations happening inside education, athletic training, sports science, and sport management that are going to transform each. It's Education Eclipse from Washington State University. Back here on Education Eclipse with Dan Overbay. He's an academic coordinator here at Washington State University, Vancouver. And Dan, you've been here for about three and a half years, but you've done this, this type of work for many more years. You know, what's it like to be an academic coordinator at a higher education institution such as this? What I like about this work is being able to work with a variety of students. Um, especially in my role here at WSU Vancouver, I work with uh, traditionally aged uh, students. I work with running start students who are still in high school pursuing an associate's degree, and so their age is not reflective of their academic uh, level. Uh, And so it's interesting to me to work with someone who's 17 or 18 and going to be a junior in college and someone who is 35 or 40 and going to be a junior in college. Uh, And uh, at the same time, working with our master's in teaching students who are brand new right out of college to people who are returning after being in the workforce for 15 or 20 years. So I think uh, in my uh, view, um, being an academic coordinator is really about being able to read the audience and being able to see what those people need uh, and to be able to listen to what their goals are and help them realize uh, what those uh, might be Uh, and to really flesh them out so that uh, they can be uh, successful and happy with uh, the choices that they've made. Obviously in Pullman, any age can go to Pullman, but we traditionally see students that are in a certain age bracket oftentimes having the normal or traditional college experience, and it doesn't seem like you... You, you would get normal uh, age group, you know, students, but it seems like you do deal with a wide variety of people. Um, do you get that group of people that they want to have just what they consider to be that traditional college experience, but they're not located on a campus like Pullman? They don't have the sports like, like we do in Pullman, and they, they find it to be difficult. And if so, like, how do you help them to, to get past some of that? Well, I, I do. Um, and again, I, I think that um, what I've learned since I've been here uh, at WSU Vancouver is that uh, being a Coug goes way past um, athletic teams, uh, and it goes way past um, being just a student at WSU. Um, I think that that ethos kind of goes through all of our campuses. Um, i think that if you asked any of our students, they would say that they're a kook. Um, I think if you ask our MIT students who went to Pullman as an undergraduate, um, the reason that they chose WSU Vancouver is because they are a kook, through and through. Um, And I think that our more traditionally aged students who are um, 
interested in that true traditional college experience, I think that they find ways to uh, embrace that mentality. Um, some people travel to games. Uh, they travel to uh, Martin Stadium and they travel to the Apple Cup if it's up in Seattle uh, and they involve themselves in that way. Some of our students have been involved in student government and uh, on this campus and so that, that's how they choose to be involved. Some students are involved in their first couple of years by being a student ambassador or an orientation leader and really immersing themselves in the WSU Vancouver experience and then once they transition into say the Bachelor of Arts in Education program they transition into being a Coug teacher candidate uh, and they're representing WSU out in our public schools uh, and and representing the College of Education in that way. What is one of your favorite things in general about your job about working with students across the you know the age and experience desired spectrum? I think my favorite thing is uh, the moment when I see the light bulb go on. And especially with our first-generation students. Uh, I'm a first-generation student myself, and so I really understand the struggle uh, and the, all of the emotions that go with going to college for the first time. And so when I can work with a student and help them realize that they are on the right track and that they are doing something that, uh, in most cases, is going to lead to a very fulfilling uh, lifetime of employment. Um, that is a really great moment. Uh, and, and I've seen that across all of the institutions that I've worked in um, in various ways. Each, each place and each set of students is going to have their own light bulb moment. But that's what I think I like the most is when they realize, oh, I can do this. Uh, and I've got the people around me to help support that goal and to get me to the finish line. Now, this is a question I, I legitimately do not know right now. Do you get students who don't know whether they want to be a teacher or not, but maybe they're just they're interested potentially in it, or or do you only get students once they are are in the major? I I get all. Um, the majority of students that I work with are interested. Um, in some cases, it's the family business. Uh, their mom was a teacher. Their dad was a teacher. They've got siblings who are teachers, maybe even Coug graduate teachers. Um, in some cases, I get people who are still deciding. They're trying to figure it out. Uh, and what I encourage them to do is to get involved in our community uh, and go and volunteer in an elementary school. Uh, even if they don't have kids there, uh, go and volunteer. See what third grade looks like. Uh, and if third grade isn't their cup of tea, go see what eighth grade looks like or tenth grade uh, and see if this is something that really is, is there for them. Um, I think everyone would agree that uh, in order to be a teacher today, you have to be passionate about education and, uh, and passionate about helping children learn. Uh, and sometimes people are going to realize that this isn't where they need to be uh, and that there's something else that they can do uh, that is fulfilling. But in most cases, the people that I work with uh, will come back and say, yeah, this is the right thing for me. Uh, and then I work with them to help them realize their goals. So kudos for being a first-gen college student. You obviously know better than anybody the difficulties that come with that. I am not a first-gen um, student. I come from a line of, of people that were 
not only went to college, but were educators themselves. So that's outside of my understanding. What was that like? When did you make the decision that this was something you you were going to do? And just talk about that a little bit. Sure. Um, I, I was very fortunate. Um, I uh, married a, a wonderful person who uh, is about a ninth generation college graduate. Um, her grandmother was one of two women in her medical school class at the University of Washington. So she's comes from a very educated line of, of people. Uh, and she was really the one who encouraged me to go back to school after I had served in the military. And um, initially, I, I really felt um, this sense of dread. Um, I took a, an introductory writing course at a community college, and the first-generation brain took over and said, if I don't get an A in this class, I can't do college. Not knowing, really, that that wasn't really the case, that you could get less than an A and still be successful. But to me, that's where I was. Thankfully, I got an A, and I continued, and I got my bachelor's degree and went on to graduate school and got my master's degree. But working with first-generation college students, and I do that here all the time. You know, I think our percentage is about 47% um, first-generation here at WSU Vancouver. Um, I'm working with a, a person who is going to apply to our master's in teaching with elementary certification, and the questions that she is asking me um, are, are very clearly uh, coming from a first-generation college student. She has a bachelor's degree from WSU, but even with that bachelor's degree in hand, she still doesn't have the educational capital like someone like my wife or like you have coming from a line of people who are very well educated and who automatically knew that it wasn't about if you went to college, but when and you know where you went to college. That's that was the question, um, and so you know I try to remember and I try to talk to people and and let them know that they have an advocate because uh, I get it. Um, and you know as soon as I realize or think that someone might be a first generation college student, I ask the question. Uh, and sometimes it, it sets them back a little bit because they don't quite understand. And then I say, I'm asking the question because I'm a first-gen student myself, and I want you to know that you have someone who totally gets where you're coming from and can help you get to whatever your goal is. Uh, and so that's how, that's how I approach working with and mentoring and assisting uh, first-generation students here on WSU Vancouver. How can we better reach out to, this is a more of a recruiting question, I guess, to reach out to people in the respective regions. So for you here in the Vancouver area, and maybe find students, whether first gen or not, better find students who could potentially be awesome teachers if only they knew that that was a really good option. Well, you know, I think the research would suggest that um, reaching out to students earlier and earlier um, in in the admissions and recruiting circles. Um, that's been the talk for uh, a number of years and to some degree some amount of action. 
uh, although I think that some admissions offices are a little hesitant to go to, say, a sixth grade class and talk about what do you want to be when you grow up, uh, and you should do that at WSU. Um, so it's more of a nuanced approach. I think that in terms of reaching first-gen students, students from underrepresented communities, uh, immigrant students who don't have any idea what the American education system is like, I think reaching them in a way that says there is a lot of possibility and to talk with them about how uh, being a teacher and being an educator is, uh, is a very noble profession and it is a profession. It is not a vocation. Uh, it is something where you are a lifelong learner. You have continuing education hours that you have to fulfill just like a doctor or an attorney, uh, and where if you go into this profession, you can then help future generations uh, who are just like you. So those people whose first language is not English, they understand when they have an ELL learner in their classroom uh, what's going on because that's where they came from. So a first-gen student teaching at a Title I school, they're going to understand what's going on with those students. They're going to be able to recognize the signs when, say, winter comes around and somebody doesn't have a coat. Uh, it's not because they made a choice in some cases to not have a coat. It's because there wasn't one for them to have. And so being able to understand that, being able to understand the community resources, I think that um, when you're talking about getting to those students earlier and planting that seed, but then being consistent throughout middle school and high school and seeing them, bringing them to campus. You know, the first time I ever stepped foot on a college campus wasn't until I was about 24 years old. I would imagine that you stepped foot on a college campus when you were, what, 15? Something like that? I think that's so, fair. So so that's that's the other thing is getting them on campus. You know, we have a program here called At Home at School uh, run by Dr. Susan Finley that um, that does that. It brings those kids to WSU Vancouver and it shows them what education is about. They get taught by our teacher candidates in the BA and MIT elementary program uh, over the summer and I think it's a really good opportunity for those kids to get that seed planted early. And these are elementary students, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade. Um, but I think that in terms of recruiting, I think it's about consistency uh, and it's about having that message and that notion that college is possible uh, and whether that's community college and then university or university right out of high school, uh, that it is an option for them. Uh, and that education is a great uh, path. I know we talk about needing more Native American teachers, and we do have some success stories now with the, the camp that Paula Gross-Price and Cedric Price run, the Coeur d'Alene tribe camp with WSU, of some of those students who come in very young, and now they are going through the College of Education to become teachers and other of those kids going to other professions, but going to college. So I think, I think what you're saying is is borne out with uh, really solid examples that it does work. Let me ask you one last question. I ask you as Dan Overbay, the man, not as a representative of WSU, but you talked about a noble profession, 
right? And it is a profession like a doctor. They're not paid like doctors. Is it time we started paying teachers like doctors? Um, no, because I don't think doctors make very much these days. Um, you know, I, I have a very good friend who was set to go to medical school right out of undergraduate, and he took a different path because he didn't want 200 grand in medical school bills um, with a potential of $40,000 a year salary for the first however many years until he could get into private practice. Um, I do think that teachers need to make more money. Um, contrary to uh, popular media and, and the stories that we see on TV, um, being a teacher is hard. It's difficult. When I first took this job, uh, my brain hurt for three weeks thinking about all of the things that our students have to go through to become a teacher. Uh, and, I, and I went home one day and I said, this is excellent. I'm glad it's tough to become a teacher in Washington State because it means that we're producing high-quality first-year teachers. It means that our kids in public schools are getting educated at the level that we want them to be educated. Um, I do. I, I absolutely think that um, the way to potentially or one way to potentially draw people to this profession is to increase the amount of money, um, but not to you know, not to exorbitant figures, something that is comfortable, uh, something where being a teacher means that you don't have to necessarily uh, scrimp and stress and, and do everything to be able to send your two kids to college. You know, you, you've spent 30 years educating people. You've, maybe you've spent part of that time as an administrator, so you do make a little bit more. But we need classroom teachers. We need great classroom teachers. And we can't have people who teach for five years and then leave the profession for the private sector because they need to make enough money to live. So, yes, I agree that they should be paid more. Um, but I think that it needs to be um, a, on a reasonable spectrum. I, th I think that uh, especially here in Washington where we have a mandate to fully fund K-12 education, I definitely think that needs to happen, and I'm hopeful that the state will uh, find a plan to do that soon so that um, our teachers can know that this is a, a stable profession where they have the resources that they need and where they get paid um, a, a salary that will help them stay in the profession. That leads right into Dan Overbay for, for uh, Governor 2020. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you very much. Uh, Dan Overbay, academic coordinator here at WC Vancouver. This has been very insightful. Congratulations on making it through uh, yourself. I'm, I'm glad your wife inspired you uh, to do that, and thank you for your service in the military. How about one last thing? You're in Vancouver, but it, it transcends sports. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. You've been listening to Education Eclipse, a College of Education podcast from Washington State University.